Good evening and welcome. I see a couple new people, so that's awesome. Uh, we are live in person, so make some noise to the people that are here. Good, thank you. Very good. Okay. Uh, so we are uh, just a quick announcement before I continue. Um, this will be the last live stream that we do, at least for a while, but I will continue to post the audio versions every week uh, on podcast and on from the church website. So I'll make sure that those are still posted in the same ways. Um, that is the only announcement for now, so I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, we are continuing the series Life in Pieces. A and so if you are new to this, basically each month I do a series and I try to gear it towards uh, just life and spirit and, and what you guys are going through and what uh, it, the time of year and how the world is and all these different things. And so with this series, as school is starting, sorry, but it is, as school is starting, um, you're going to find yourself pulled in different directions a lot of the time. So like last week we talked about the mind because homework and just how you think about things and, and what people ask you to do, all of these things go into that. Uh, we're going to talk about body image. We're going to talk about the spirit. We're going to talk about emotions. We're going to talk about the whole together and just all of these different things and how we can, how you can work on them, how you can do better, how you can and withstand some of the pressures that you face and things like that. And so I want to go into a story. Now, as I read this, some of you have probably heard about, heard this scripture before, and you're going to be like, how in the world does this tie into a quarter mile at a time? Well, I'll get there. So just bear with me. Uh, so this is from Luke 18, 18 through 30. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandment. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Uh, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. So in this story, and I'm going to come from the way that the, the first intent, like the spiritual intent. First, this guy, he's a rich guy. They point that out. He comes up to Jesus and he basically says, hey, I am pretty much perfect, so can you tell me that? Now, I know that's not the words he uses, but when he says, hey, you know, how can I do this? And Jesus is like, well, do this. He's like, yeah, I already did that. So it's kind of like if you clean your room, uh, if anybody in here has ever done that, and then you go to your mom and you're like, hey, is there anything around the house that I could do? And she's like, well, you could clean your room. I'm like, yeah, I did that. Because you, we want that praise. Like, we want people to be like, you're so awesome. You are so, you're doing so well. That's, and it's good to hear. But this guy wanted pumped up. And so when he knew what Jesus was going to say, and he knew what he wanted to hear. And so that's what he's looking for. He's looking for uh, affirmation. He's looking for an ego boost. He's looking for the, yeah, you're awesome. Um, we all kind of do that from time to time, not just with the room cleaning thing, but if we say sometimes, man, I'm so bad at this, but really you're good at it and you just want somebody to say that's awesome. Or man, you know, my hair looks awful and you're like, yeah, it kind of does, Jeff, but beyond that. Um, it's, it's all this stuff that we kind of do. But what Jesus pointed out, if you look at the commandments, uh, he didn't say all of them, but he said the ones that affect, uh, affect spiritually. He said the ones that affect other people. He said the ones that involve being humble. He said the ones that involve putting others above yourself. And that was on purpose too. Like Jesus knew what was going on with this guy. Jesus knew what was going to happen. So let me go to the next part. This is Jesus' response to that. Now keep in mind what this guy wants to hear from Jesus is, oh, well then you're good. You're good. You don't have to work hard anymore. You don't have to mess around anymore. You don't have to go to church anymore. You don't have to be nice to people because you're good. You accomplished everything. And so we go. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one among you, uh, one thing you haven't done. 
Uh, sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. So when Jesus says this, again, he's not saying to all of us, like, don't take from this, hey, mom, dad, I have to go home, and we got to sell everything. we got to be homeless, and we can't have any money. We can't have any things. We can't have a nice job. We can't go to a nice school. We can't eat nice food, like Chipotle. We can't eat... Uh, whatever. We can't do these fancy things. We can't have fancy cars. That's not what he's saying. He knows this guy's heart. And so he sees to him and he's like, this is the thing you're clinging to, dude. Like this money, because you're willing to give up everything else. You're willing to give up your life. You're willing to give up your family, your friends. You're willing to sacrifice. You're on the right track, but you're clinging so tightly to this money. Uh, I don't know if cookie jars still exist, but I assume they do. Um, They're my worst enemy because I like cookies. But Um, And I guess that makes me the cookie monster without the blue hair, but whatever. Uh, So if you've ever had like a cookie jar, like whatever, like I remember growing up, we had a strawberry shaped one and which was ironic. But uh, if you put your hand in there and you want to grab all of the cookies you can, you find that you can't pull your hand back out. And so some people get stuck there for their entire lives because they're like, I'm not giving up any of these cookies. Now, the wiser of us, we're like, well, I'll just take one at a time because that makes sense, right? Well, this rich guy, he's holding so tightly to his money. And again, it's not that money's bad. He's holding so tightly to his money, though, that Jesus knows that. And he's not even saying this to shame him. He's not saying this to say you can't make it. He's saying this because he knows that's what he needs to hear. The problem is what we need to hear sometimes isn't what we want to hear. And so the guy was very sad. He was sad because he'd done everything else and he wanted Jesus to say, you're awesome. He wanted Jesus to say, you're perfect. He wanted Jesus to say, you're the next me. But when Jesus said, there's this one thing you haven't done, he just, he, he collapsed. And so we go on to the next part and the wrap up of it. Uh, when Jesus saw this, he said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, then who in the world can be saved? He replied, what is impossible for people is possible with God. Peter said, we've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus said, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in in the world to come. So basically, just to go with this first, the guy walked away. Like, he could have said a bunch of things. Um, If you're ever told to do something you don't really want to do or something that you question, you know, question it. Now, question it calmly and politely and respectfully. But I'm saying, ask, like, are you sure? Like, what do you mean? Like, ask questions. That's awesome. Your teachers want you to ask questions. Your parents sometimes want you to ask questions. But again, respectfully. And be like, I want to understand this. Not from a, you're so stupid, I'm going to ask this to make you look dumb. But uh, uh, like, hey, you know, I want to make sure we're on the same wavelength. I want to communicate because that's good. So this guy should have been like, hey, you know, Jesus, what do you mean? Like, do you mean I literally have to sell everything? And then Jesus would have continued the conversation, but it said he just walked away because it was too much. Imagine your favorite thing in the world, whatever it is. Uh, Maybe it's a stuffed animal. Maybe it's a sibling. Probably not for some of you, but maybe it's a car. Maybe it's uh, a phone. Maybe it's a video game system. Uh... I'm out of things to name. Maybe it's a pet. Just imagine that. And that's your world. That's everything. You know, you love it a lot. Now you love other things, but I'm saying this one person, this one thing, imagine that. Now imagine that Jesus is like, hey, in order to follow me, you have to give this up. Now everyone here, everyone in the adult services, everyone in in any church, everyone in any world, everyone everywhere 
is going to have trouble with that. That's normal. That's human. Because we, we love our things. We love our people. We love our pets. We love our, our whatever. And we have to remember that when Jesus says that, it's to check our heart. And it's not that he's tricking us. It's not that he's playing games. But it's to say, hey, who's first in your life? What's first in your life? And for this guy, it was money. All he needed to do probably was say, oh, like, okay, so I, I need to sell everything. And Jesus would be like, you're willing to. It's kind of like Abraham when he was about to sacrifice his son back in the Old Testament. You know, it was a test, but it was to purify his heart. It was to make him ready because God has to be first in your life. And we're, that's going to tie into the theme. This does not mean you can't love other people because you have to. This does not mean you can't have possessions because that's good. It doesn't mean you can't have a comfortable life or you can't be popular. Or you can't be an amazing athlete or you can't be whatever. Uh, all of those things are possible and all of those things are good. But God has to be first because then you understand where those things fit. And one of the things I talk about a lot is identity. Because when you find your identity, when you find who you are in someone, like let's just say for an example a relationship, when you define yourself by being the girlfriend or by being the boyfriend, by being the husband or by being the wife, even by being the son or the daughter or the mother or the father, when you define yourself by that, at some point, those things go away. Even if the relationship is completely successful, you know, spoiler alert, every life, not to be too sad, but every life ends in death at some point. And again, not for a long time for anyone here. But when that goes away, you lose yourself if you define yourself by that. Let's take it a little bit further. Let's say that you identify yourself as a student and you're like, I'm a straight A student. This is the most important thing in the world. Well, what are you going to do when you're out of high school or you're out of college or you're done? Eventually school ends or you define yourself by being a parent. Like eventually your, your kid goes off. If you define yourself by being a, a kid, you know, again, eventually you lose people in a relationship. Relationships end. Eventually you lose that. Even something like athletics, like eventually you stop playing the sports. I can tell you from experience, like eventually it's hard to play tennis because there's nobody around and you're not on a team anymore and you're old and... I'm going to go in the wrong direction here, but it's hard. And so when you lose those things, if that's what your identity is in, then you kind of fall apart. And that's what this guy did. Jesus knew that his identity was in that. And the disciples were like, well, I don't understand because they valued money too. Not because they had it, but because they saw this rich guy and they're like, he's so awesome. I mean, if he can't make it to heaven, who can? And he's like, guys, it's not about that. You can have the money, you can have the fame, you can have this stuff, but it's about loving others and loving God and doing this. Now, how does this tie into a quarter mile of time? Not just because I love to quote Fast and the Furious, but I do. But it's, this is a hard message for me. So I'm just going to be straight up there. Because sometimes, okay, so I always preach, whether it's in youth or whether it's in a big church, I always preach what I feel led to preach by God. And I accept that. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my best with this. And I follow the scripture and I follow praying. And I, I just say what what he places on my heart. This one is hard because it comes back at me. Like sometimes, and you can talk to other pastors, sometimes you're gonna end up preaching stuff or talking about stuff that you still struggle with. And so one of the things that I struggle with is body image. And that's because I truly have issues with depression and anxiety and looking at myself in the mirror. And I cover up mirrors and I put on hundreds of shirts to find one that fits what I think is right. Now, I understand that not everybody pays attention to that and not everybody notices it and other people don't judge me by that. I get that. But I still struggle with that. 
And I know that a lot of people struggle with that. Um, I know that Jenna tonight started a, a girls class. And one of the things you'll find, unfortunately, is girls are hit with these unreasonable standards all the time. For, from from uh, entertainment, from school sometimes, from other people. Like, you're hit with these standards. You're hit with, like, you have to look this way. You have to, to appear like this. And, and some, I've, I've known people in my life, and I'm going to get to guys in a second. I've known people in my life who are just really thin, like really, really thin, but they feel like they're not because they have uh, an emotional disorder, they have an eating disorder, or they've just been told that over and over and over again, and they cannot look in the mirror. And I've seen people who, who just are treated so poorly because maybe they're a little overweight, and they're assumed that they're unhealthy, or it's assumed this or that, or it's assumed that they're lazy, and that's not true. Because the first thing we always see is appearance. And so, again, girls judged hard. Because there's the airbrushed covers, there's the models, there's all this stuff, and it's on the right track, kind of, but it's still hard. And so some of you guys probably feel that. Now the guys are like, hey, we feel it too. Yeah, you do. Because we're compared to like the Channing Tatums, and we're compared to The Rock, and we're compared to, like there's a dad bod thing, like there's all this stuff. And while I, I do think that it's more obvious with the girls and sometimes harsher with the girls, guys feel it too. And sometimes it comes from yourself, and sometimes it comes from the other people on the team, and it's like, you're not tall enough, you're not small enough, you're not muscular enough, you're not unmuscular enough, I don't know the opposite word for that, Jeff enough, I guess, but you're not, you, sorry, I made myself laugh, you're not this, you're not that, and so it's hard. And that's for everybody, like we feel this, and it's hard. And that's because, like the rich man, we get kind of caught up in what other people think. All of us get kind of caught up in what other people think. And the adults that are here can tell you, it kind of carries, and you have to be careful. You have to pay attention. And body image is such a tough thing. And I, I know someone, not in this church, not in this state, who is beautiful. Uh, and, and she struggles so much with something called body dysmorphia that she just cannot see it. And it's not a trick, it's not a play, it's just she cannot see it, and it destroys her life in some ways. But she's strong, and she builds through it, and she does her best, but it's hard, and it's constant prayer, and it's constant uh, working on it, and thinking positively, and all of these things. I'm sure that people here probably know someone who has an eating disorder, or knows someone who has something like body dysmorphia, or knows someone who worries about stuff like that. Now, if you're like, okay, well, how does this tie into the rich man, and what does this have to do with your faith? It has to do with you. And how you feel about yourself and who you are, that's part of your faith. And absolutely, love God, love others. I'm pushing that. I always hit that because it's important. It's the most important thing. But, but to hate yourself is awful. And I say that from experience. It's awful and it's hard and it requires so much extra work on a lot of things. And there's never going to be a shortage of people to say, yeah, you're right, you don't match up. And so eventually, at least for me, and I think probably for a lot of people, you can have a hundred people say, hey, you know, this is good, this is good, this is good. And then one or two people say, eh, that's awful. And that eats away. And so like the rich man, like all he had to do was admit that he was struggling with something. That's the first step. Didn't mean that as soon as he admitted, hey, you know, I'm tied to money too much. I'm grasping it too much. My identity is in money too much. It didn't mean that immediately it goes away. Like it would take work and it would take help and it would take trusting people and it would take prayer. It would take hope. 
but he walked away. Some of you guys probably struggle with this now, with different things, whether it's body image or how smart you are and what people say about you. And it hurts. And I hope, and I push this on everything, I hope that you have people in your life that you trust that you can talk to about this because that's the first step is admitting, hey, I'm struggling with this. Hey, I have a problem with this. Hey, this hurts me. Hey, you know, I, I really need help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. In fact, it shows such great strength to admit that you need help. It's hard. As I said, and I talk about myself because I know myself, uh, I've lived a lifetime of this ridiculous self-hate, I guess is what I'll say, where I have this, uh, just this full knowledge that I'm not perfect, which is true for everybody. But this feeling that I have to be perfect in order to match up. And I can go psychologically where it came from and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to do that. But I have those things against each other all the time. And one of the things that I tell people is for other people, I have grace and forgiveness. Like if you do something and, and it hurts me or hurts somebody I love, like I'm going to forgive you. I am, if you ask. I'll forgive you anyway, but you know. And I show grace for things like that. But for myself, I'm so hard on myself. And I think all of us are a little harder on ourselves. And so what Jesus says there, and again, this goes to faith, but it goes to everything. It's like, well, who in the world can be saved? Well, with God, anyone can. Well, how in the world can I get past this body image issue? How in the world can I start this path to trying to accept myself, to trying to love myself? Well, it, it, it takes work, but with God, it's possible. And again, it starts with asking for help. That's where the rich man failed. It wasn't in being rich. It was in saying, you know what? I give up. I, I, I give up. I just, it's not worth the fight. It's always worth the fight because you are worth the fight. You're so worth the fight. And I wish that everybody told you that. Uh, I am going to tell you something that's very secret that very few people know. I have a niece. A two-year-old niece named Beatrice. And I know, it's shocking. I've never said this before. Nobody's ever seen pictures or videos. I've never had, like, Becky in her office showing her hundreds. Never. Never once. But she is such a sweet little girl. And I'm not just saying that. Like, she really is. Like, the last time I saw her, she said, I miss you, Papa. She calls me that because I'm old. Uh... And she's just sweet. She's caring. She's loving. And I'm not saying this to break her up. I have a point. I promise. But whenever I'm with her, I'm like, I'm so happy that you dance in front of the mirror and that you look at yourself and you're so confident and, and, and excited and hopeful. And then I start to think about what's coming in life. And I start to think about the bullies and about the boys and about the girls and about what we say to each other and how we hurt each other. And when we're upset, how we, when we're hurt, how we hurt other people. How when we question something about ourselves, we turn and we question it more in other people to hurt them. And I'm sure that people here could tell stories about how you've been bullied in some way. And I see that and it just, it breaks my heart to think, man, someday she's not going to want to look in the mirror. I hope that she does. But someday she's going to question these things. Now, I'm not saying that, that if you're like, hey, I want to lose some weight or hey, I want to work out. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying when you're doing it for the reason that that's your identity. See, I told you I'd tie it back. When you're doing it for the reason that you're like, if I look like this, 
if I lose this weight, if I have this amount of muscle, if, 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 then people will accept me and then I'll be okay. That's not how it works. Any more than if you're like, if this boy loves me, if this girl loves me, then I'll be happy. No. It has to start with you within. It has to start with saying, I have to put God first. And again, it doesn't mean you're not going to care about what you look like. It doesn't mean you're not ever going to go to the gym. It doesn't mean that blah, 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 whatever. What it means is you are enough as you are. Don't care what people say about you. I don't care what other girls, what other boys look like. I don't. You are enough. And as much as I understand that as I say that right now, you're like, that's thank you. But I just don't, I don't think so. I get that. So that's why it takes effort and it takes time. The adults that are here uh, can be like, hey, you know, let's listen. Because they're here not because they get paid, because I don't pay them. They're here because they care about you. Again, Jenna's class, like that's a special thing where you can talk about this stuff. I'm hoping to have a boys class, kind of similar, where you can talk about this stuff. In small groups that we'll do in a little bit, you can talk about this stuff. And sometimes you're not going to believe this, but with your parents, I promise you, you can talk about this stuff. I promise you. The hardest thing about it is this feeling that you're never going to match up to whatever look or whatever standard you're, you're picturing. We have to remember to give ourselves grace just as we do others. And we have to remember that how someone looks does not affect how much of a Christian they are, how good of a person they are, it doesn't at all. How you look is how you look. I know people who, again, are tall and skinny and they can eat 55 pizzas and never gain a pound. And to me, I'm like, that's not fair because I want to eat 55 pizzas. Which I do. I mean, I don't eat 55 pizzas. I mean, I do want to. Although I probably have eaten. Never mind. But for them, and this is weird to me, they're like... Man, I just wish I could gain a little bit of weight. And there are people who work harder than you can imagine to lose just a couple pounds. And I'm talking, they sacrifice and they work out and they do everything and it just doesn't happen because our bodies are different. Everybody's body is different. I'm not going to get into that lecture, don't worry. But it starts with saying, I got to have grace on myself. And then having grace for others too. Because you're going to have friends that struggle with eating disorders. You're going to have friends that struggle with body image. You're going to have friends that struggle with all kinds of things. And they're not always going to want to accept help. And I'm not saying, like, go run up and be like, hey, I'm going to help you. You're going to be better. Don't. But to be able to recognize those signs and to be able to not catch yourself, to not, like, throw insults at people. Because one of the things that you'll find as you study history, and I know everybody here is excited about that, uh, there is something, I don't know if I'm going to say the right word, but it's basically the standard of beauty. And right now, you can picture what it is, like celebrities, models, stuff like that, you know, what that is, like what's on TV and what's on movies. But 100 years ago, it was the opposite of that. Because the more weight you had, the more you showed that you could support yourself, that you were eating, that you were successful. And honestly, in 100 years, it'll be something different. The standard of beauty changes. We cannot be so tied to that that we beat ourselves up all the time. But more than that, we cannot be so tied to that pain that we beat up other people. 
So what are you saying? What's a quarter mile of the time? What does this tie in? Were you just looking for an excuse to quote Vin Diesel? It's not even his best quote. His best quote's I am group. But uh, anyway, what that means is take everything a step at a time. Don't be like, I need to look like this. No, no, no. Be like, okay, well, I need to start with why. I need to start with where's my identity. I need to start with who am I. I need to start with do I love God? Do I love others? Do I help people? Do I accept help? I need to start with that. And then you go a step at a time, a step at a time, a step at a time. Don't get carried away because your identity is not in how you look. Because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I know that's an adult saying, but it's a real saying. So I say this just as I struggle with it more than you can imagine. With this hope that you can get out of that struggle where I struggle to get out of that struggle. But I promise you, and I've said this a lot and I'll say it again, you are enough as you are. You are. You're valuable to God. Perfect to God. Don't let anybody, anybody tell you that you're not. And anyone that wants you to change in order to accept you, in order to love you, in order to care about you, no, that's wrong. Be who you are and work on that from the inside out, quarter mile at a time. Because God loves you and I love you and you have people in your lives that love you, I promise. So do your best. And again, this is hard for me. Do your best to be on that path to loving yourself. Try and keep trying and then help others see it too. And that's all I got.